power on. It's TIE Fighter Renegades, a Star Wars podcast. It is time for TIE Fighter Renegades, the Star Wars show on Zomia 1. And baby, you are being joined by none other than the man of tomorrow, Brian Sovereign. And of course, his dear friend and brother, who always ready to talk up some Star Wars, really science fiction in general. We got to start talking up some Star Trek here at some point too, but this is a Star Wars show, goddammit. Being joined by Robin Freebeard. Robin, man, as always, great to have you on. Thank you for having me. I always love being here. Yeah, no, this is, uh, actually, we got an email. In fact, I have to pull that up. We'll, we'll get to it a little later on. Um, we got an email of uh, somebody that just really loved, uh, you know, this show. I mean, they they were, out of all the things on Zomia 1, they were really digging this. In fact, it inspired them to do something that, well, I think we're going to have a little bit of a question around, which has to do with books, uh, during our question of the month. Um, but we have a lot of news to get in for August of 2019 because, of course, D23 just happened, and there's really even plenty of news outside of that, uh, some of which we'll probably save for September. Not that I expect the news to slow down much in September, um, but we we really do have a lot to get into, a lot to talk about with the comic books. We've got a lot of trailers to cover. Of course, we're going to talk about The Mandalorian, The Obi-Wan Show, uh I mean, we had, and of course, there's that uh, some interesting footage from episode nine uh, that we have to get into. And I mean, there's just there's a whole slew to, to to get in. So, shall we get rock and rap? Let's do it. Let's do it. So we'll open it up with a little bit of news that uh, I found a little bit surprising. Um, we'll get it. We're we're going to be talking about comics here right out in the uh, right out front. And well, first off, how have you been feeling? We got a new writing team in the ongoing the main star wars comic uh how have you been feeling about the main star wars comic since the new writing team uh came on board um it's been okay i mean not a whole lot has happened so it's kind of a bit of a slow Mm -hmm. start in my opinion but uh i don't dislike what i've seen so far the art is definitely a huge improvement yeah Um, absolutely certainly not as strong as some of the other comic books we'll talk about but uh, it, it is it is definitely a, a big improvement over the 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 tracing that we've been getting in previous series. Yeah, which we've uh, ripped on pretty hard over the over the past few months uh, because it has been it was ridiculous. I mean, just how much they were clearly tracing over film cells, more or less. Right. <laughs> it was really bad, which that fortunately has has stopped. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been digging what's been happening in the series so far. Again, not a lot has happened, but it also there wasn't anything uh, necessarily bad or to the negative going on. Uh, but interestingly, we have news. Uh, I, this might have been announced just before D23, but they are going to be ending the Star Wars ongoing comic with issue 75, which is just about five issues away from now. Uh, so I guess in about five months. Um, that will come to an end, and that's going to leave Dr. Afra as the only regular ongoing Star Wars comic uh, standing. Now, I mean, I'll, I'll just say this, and maybe you thought the same thing, Rob. Um, I think, just like they did with Darth Vader, when you had Darth Vader Volume 1, mm-hmm. um, it was pretty short order that they came out with Darth Vader Volume 2. And exactly. I th- yeah, and I think basically they're just going to have a Star Wars Volume 2 uh, come out in pretty short order. Uh, in fact, the, the, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if the new ongoing just comic with the title Star Wars is post-Episode 9. 
Um, that that would not surprise me if they if they did that if they wanted it to continue there, right? Um, from from the main saga, uh, I don't know that this is necessarily them just like trying to save face because I very rarely see anything positive said about the previous or really about the first sixty some odd issues of the Star Wars on, uh, ongoing comic. So I don't know if they're trying to save face and say, look, this isn't the Star Wars comic you've been reading before. Of course, it's also very popular to just come out with number ones whenever you can, uh, you know, and try and, and reinvigorate some sales uh, that might be going on. You know, I, I think that's all of that. I think, Go ahead. I think that's the main thrust of it. Um, mm-hmm. This is just, you know, the Marvel's business model for, you know, the last, I don't know, 10 years is sell as many issue ones as you can. And uh, it especially makes sense with Star Wars because, I think Star Wars issue number one still holds like the top spot for best-selling single-issue comic in their history right now. Would that be the original from way back in what seventy-eight? No, no. Or... I'm, I'm you mean the most about... recent one? Yes, yes. Okay. The issue one of the current uh, series that's going to be ending was issue seventy-five. I think issue one has sold more copies than than anything else that they've sold in recent history. That's a pretty interesting metric. So, yeah, I could believe that, too. Um, yeah, I mean, selling, like, I can't even count how many times, and, and not that DC does any better as far as this goes. I mean, I can't count how many times I've bought an Iron Man number one or a Fantastic Four number one or whatever, you know? I mean, it, 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 they're, they're, they're countless, ironically. Right. Uh, right. And it's annoying as hell because then they'll just renumber shit later on. And, um, in fact, a comic we're not going to review, like you have Marvel number 1000 and, you know, or like, uh, uh, action comics and detective comics at DC, they both celebrated issue 1000 recently. Um, even though they have, both of those series have gone through renumberings in the past. Right. Uh, so it, it's very clearly a sales tactic. So frankly, this is barely even news, I guess, is that, like, yeah, the, yeah. that the Star Wars ongoing <laughs> comic is ending. Woo-hoo. Like, like you think there isn't going to be a Star Wars comic? Are you kidding me? Uh, so anyway, but, uh, but yeah, the, I agree with you. The series has been, you know, safe, but not bad, uh, as late. So any other uh, thoughts on that one, Rob? Uh, no, like I said, I, you, you pretty much hit the nail on the head with that. Uh, I don't think we'll have to wait very long for volume two to come out. Um, I, and, and, but I don't think that they're, they're going to get the sales numbers, uh, that they're expecting on issue one that, that they're hoping for. Yeah. I mean, I think the only way they could, I'll tell you, is if, if Ray's on the cover of it, that's why I'm wondering if they're going to do something post nine. If you put Ray on the cover, you might sell a lot. You might push a lot of issues. I don't know. But that's just a theory. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, well, we have we certainly do have comics that are hovering around the era of Episode 9, or at least what's known as the Age of Resistance. Uh, We got two of them. Uh, Another two. Of course, the one I think that everybody's really waiting for, or at least a lot of the more hardcore fans are wanting to find out about Snoke. Uh, That has yet to release. I don't even, you know... Just a quick a quick comment on, on the Snoke comic. Like, if that character really means nothing, why be so fucking secretive and why hold back on all this shit? It, it, it's right. really driving me nuts. Um, so I, I don't know what to make of that, but it's there. Um, anyway, what we did get is we got a, uh, a Hux, a General Hux comic, and we got a comic with Poe Dameron. Uh, starting off with the Hux comic... 
what did you make of this one, Rob? I mean, it, it, you know, it, it, I think it took place. This is pre Force Awakens when this right. one takes place, right? Uh, but I mean, what was your what was your gauge? I mean, I, I come in it with the bias because I, I have to say that General Hux is probably my least favorite character of sure. uh, the sequel trilogy, if not all of Star Wars together. <laughs> Whoa! Wow! That's bold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I, bold. It, it, okay. It, 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 the, the, the character is, is 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 really quite meaningless in my opinion, and this this comic really didn't improve that opinion about mm-hmm. him. It didn't really make him any more interesting. Uh, or, or even more of a mystery. I mean, if, if they had, you know, uh, even raised more questions about him or done something, you know, that, that put a new light on him. But really, we didn't see anything in there that uh, I don't think we could have gathered from the last two movies that we got with him. Yeah, I mean, I do appreciate that they drove home uh, that he killed his dad because I think most people don't know that. Uh, even though I think it was mentioned in one of... Um, one of the aftermath trilogy books, I think, is where where maybe that came up. Yeah, I think um, it came up in the second book, if I recall yeah. correctly. Yeah. So, and and I mean, then there's that great interaction with Ray Sloan um, that happens in that. It's one of the few highlights of those books. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I did like his line. You know, you think I'm weak? No, I'm just patient. And he's just this really like conniving guy. But I agree with you. It didn't add anything really to the character. There's nothing terribly exciting here. It was a pretty dry read. Uh, I mean, I I, I thought. Uh, So I don't disagree with you um, on that. Uh, You want to go to the Poe Dameron one? Yeah, I actually really enjoyed the Poe Dameron comic. Uh, I I like that we got to see him before he joined the Resistance. In fact, you know, how he, you know, didn't necessarily get like an official uh, introduction to the Resistance, but it was kind of his opened his horizons to uh, what was going on in the galaxy. Yeah, I, I, you know, I know a lot of people complain about the opening sequence in The Last Jedi where he does the phone call trick with Hux. Right. Um, I thought that was damned funny. Like, I, yeah. I remember laughing my ass off in theaters when he did that. And you kind of, in this comic, which takes place, also takes place before Force Awakens, um, you find out where he learns this trick of stalling. Right. right. Uh, and I think it's and, kind of, it's appropriate where he gets it from, too, because... Uh, I mean, uh, Admiral Hodo or Vice Admiral Hodo, as she's in this comic, was always kind of a quirky character. At least she was in the um, the Princess Leia novel, and I'm glad we got to see some of that. Yeah, I thought it was great to have her in it. What a nice reveal. Like, I mean, that was a good zinger right at the end. And then, right. not only her, but because there's a comment made when they're flying through that asteroid field where she says, you know, I'm, I'm commanding one of the best pilots in the galaxy. You know, like, well, who the hell's that? And then you find out it's knee and numb, and I'm like, yeah, "Fuck yeah, yeah this baby," <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is so cool because that that guy's just you know he's there and he's hilarious. Uh, so yeah, that that worked for me. I thought that was so brilliant. And of course, he does knee and numb does have a long history in the recent Marvel comics right. with uh, you know people of Alderaan, you know Princess yeah. Leia and so on. Um, so that fit, and I thought that was yeah that was a nice touch. I enjoyed that comic as well. Uh, Poe Dameron. Do you think he, you know, let, let, I know we did a question of the month once where, um, where they like, you know, we talked about what are the best uh, characters of the sequel trilogy and would you put Poe Dameron as, as I, I think we had different answers, but I, I, just overall, I feel like Poe Dameron is about the closest thing we have to a great character from these movies. What do you think? Oh, I agree. I mean, you know, uh, I, and I, 
if I recall, my answer was Finn, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was mostly because of the, uh, you know, Force Awakens. Uh, Force, Force Awakens. I, I kind of felt like they let that character down in yeah. uh, The Last Jedi. But, you know, I still think his character has a lot of potential. And I'm, you know, I'm actually more excited to see what they, they have in store for him in The Rise of Skywalker. But, yeah, I mean, like, Poe Dameron is a solid character. I mean, he's he's definitely up there. He's If, if, if it wasn't Finn, I would say Poe would be number two. Yeah, I think just overall writing and handling, uh, even though I, I don't think anyone was really handled well in The Last Jedi, in my own opinion. Um, but overall... I mean, he's he's probably the strongest thing they have going, and and yeah. we're just lucky that they didn't kill him off like was originally planned in the beginning of Force Awakens. Right. Um, I think he's been been the the most well treated character and material outside of the movies too. Yeah, absolutely, and he's strong enough to have his own comic series. Which that comic right. series we reviewed on the show, we thought it was, it was fine. It was a very yeah, good comic series. Yeah, no, it was very good. Yeah, I was actually kind of sad when when they stopped doing it because at the point they were doing it, I was kind of actually wanting more. Right. I wasn't of that opinion when they first started the comic, but I, you know, by the end of it, I had actually really enjoyed the run. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so this uh, Age of Resistance, the Poe Dameron comic, I dare say it might be the best um, uh, Age of Resistance comic so far uh, that that has come out. Um, I don't know. I just I enjoyed it, and I, I thought the Holdo. Uh, uh, you know, reveal and Nian Num reveal at the end was just such a great hook uh, that you didn't really see coming. I mean, I kind of you expected somebody from the resistance, but you didn't see that, and that was it was well done. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, yeah. So, Doctor Afra, now are you caught up on this one? Or, I this, am. Yeah. This comic, boy, it goes up and down. It does, you know, issue you by know, issue. Yeah. Well, I, I, I personally, I feel like we're on an upswing right now. I agree. Yep, I agree. Uh, I'm 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 really enjoying uh, the the current storyline. I'm really enjoying the art. I think yeah. the art in the last few episodes has been phenomenal. Probably yeah. some of the best stuff they've put out since Thrawn. Yep, I agree with that. Uh, yeah, and I mean we have Tolvin back. Triple um, zeros out of the picture right now. Yeah. Um, yep. A lot of our. Out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of our main complaints over the past few months have really phased out over the past couple months, um, you know, with these recent issues. And, uh, yeah, it's just picking up steam. And I, I, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's such a fun comic, such a joy to read. Uh, do you think it's, you know, just in case, if it were the only ongoing comic series, I mean, do you feel it's strong enough to, like, you know, kind of carry the Star Wars comic line? Uh, for me, it is personally now, whether or not mm -hmm. it's strong enough for like the wider, like Star Wars consuming audience. I don't know if that's true. I mean, I don't even know if we even have numbers on how well Afra does, but I mean, it's still going. So it must be popular enough to, to, to keep it running. Um, right. Yeah, I, 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 I definitely think it could hold it. I mean, if, 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 if that's all they have in so far as going as uh, ongoing series. Uh, you know, in an interim between uh, volume one and volume in, in the supposed volume two of the Star Wars main comic, I definitely think it could carry it for a couple of months. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's amazing that with this character, who's a totally new character, only been in the comic books, um, that she can rein in Luke Skywalker with a hilarious love interest uh, uh, story, you know, mm -hmm. uh, which I think they could do a lot more with. 
Um, also now, you ha I mean, Vader, of course, is where her whole history started. So Vader's a part of it. Uh, the Emperor is now getting, you know, kind of reined in, you know, in, in her sphere of influence, as it were. Um, and this, this storyline that they're running with now with, like, this propagandist um, that has taken an interest, like this imperial propaganda machine that has taken an interest in, in, in Afra. Uh, I'm just amazed at how well this story just, like, I'm like, yeah, of course the Empire would have this sort of thing, and of course this would be going on. And, and so, right, yeah, I'm, right. I'm surprised at how well it's picked back up and what it's running with, and it's very unique. Uh, and not, never really, Go ahead. And, and not only that, I mean, I really love that they introduced General Kraken into a character in this comic because ah. uh, he's someone, you know, from, from the old days who never really got a whole lot of attention outside of the West End Games RPG. And mm -hmm. the fact that now he's an actual, like, you know character we're getting to see interactions with that's that's really cool because before really all we i mean like uh even his scene from return of the jedi was deleted uh he right. was originally one of the uh the going to be one of the gunners on the millennium falcon during the death star run and, and he got cut out uh, -huh. uh but but for yeah for a long time like in fact they put out uh uh several books in the west end uh rpg that were like, you know, Kraken's field reports and Kraken's dossier on, you know, criminal elements and stuff like that. And you got all these like reports from him on stuff going on throughout the <laughs> Star Wars galaxy. And it was so cool. And now that we actually have them as, as you know, a character, we get to see some of his personality. I really like that a lot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's a, the other thing that really shocked me with the Afro series. This is such a simple but brilliant thing. Yeah. The Rebel Alliance had the plans for the Death Star. Why the fuck? Why didn't they ever try to make their own? Right. And or, or like something, even if it's just a smaller scale. Like why didn't they try to make one of those turbo lasers onto uh, uh, what uh, you know, Mon Calamari cruiser of some kind, an M80 or whatever, uh, or MC80, whatever they they call those. Uh, and and this gets into that. It's like no, actually they did try. Uh, to, you know, to do something along those lines. And I, I just thought that was that was such a simple thing that I never considered, and I just thought it was brilliant. Um, so, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with, with that comic book. Not um, only that, it, it, gives you a, it gives you a view of the, this Rebel Alliance that you kind of got a little bit in Rogue in One in that, you know, like the Rebel Alliance isn't this monolithic organization with Mon Mothma at the top. There are, right. you know, there are factions, there are people with different ideas about how they should be fighting the empire and they're going about, you know, doing their own things. Maybe she doesn't necessarily know even what's going on. So I'm, I'm glad we're getting that too. Yeah. It, it makes me think there needs to be some kind of huge event that occurs between empire strikes back and return of the Jedi. That would be an awesome story. I'm sure for Disney to tell that finally really unites the Alliance because it feels like right now between a new hope and ESB that, uh, this is a very fractionized, you know, very factionized uh, uh, organization that it's, right. it's a miracle they can get anything done. Right. Um, and I'd love to see what the event is. Go ahead. I, I agree. And, and I even have, if anybody from Marvel is listening, I have the perfect ID for it. You guys need to do a uh, Harrison Duel comic Ooh. and make that the focus of it. Yeah. Make her the big hero. Yeah. Yes. You know, I, I agree. I agree. Um, her inclusion in just about everything, I mean, even the Alphabet Squadron and all this stuff, I mean, has just been, I've been very impressed at how much they've really used that character. Yeah. I mean, they spared no expense, uh, and rightfully so. She's a great character. She's yeah. really... But she definitely ups the ante everything she's in. She's almost kind of like the 
the rebels version of the emperor in that sense. That, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, like I mean, like she, I said, I, I even made the comic when we reviewed Alpha at Squadron that her inclusion that definitely brought the thing up. It didn't save the book, but it certainly made it better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she really has come off of, I mean, I know in, in episodes of TFR past, you've said like she felt like the mother of the Rebels crew. Yeah. She's really outside of Leia. She's become like the mother of the Alliance in a very real way. I mean, and, and they always treat her with like just or the writers, creators and everybody and characters within the stories treat her with such reverence. I, I, I think that's so fantastic. Right. Uh, Which is exactly get, why I think she'd be so well suited for that kind of storyline. Yeah, I'm dying to see her and Leia in a mission together. Like, you know, just just kicking ass and doing the business. Uh, you know, I I think that would that that would work really really well. Um, but anyway, we'll see. Yeah, I, but I think that's a great idea. I'm I'm with you on that. So uh, actually, speaking of Alphabet Squadron, if you want to get into our last bit of comic book news, we're going to do a little bit of a review on the Tie Fighter series. You up for that? Let's do it. All right. So. Uh, this is a five-issue miniseries that started, I guess, in April. It was really to prime you for the, supposedly, to prime you for the Alphabet Squadron book by Alexander Freed, which came out in June, and we reviewed in last month's TIE Fighter Renegades. Uh, while the book, Alphabet Squadron, which is meant to be a trilogy, we talked about all that, while the book itself um, we weren't terribly pleased with, uh, despite Hera being there <laughs> and so on, <laughs> Um, the comic book of TIE, the, the TIE Fighter comic book, which originally we were, re I, we talked about it. We were really excited when the news came out, but then, and it is clear when you read this five issue miniseries, this is definitely tied into Alphabet Squadron, right. uh, or because it has to deal with Shadow Wing, which is kind of the villain of the Alphabet Squadron book. Um, while the first couple issues, I was feeling a little, I was like, oh no, this is going to be where, oh, we have a defector, and so this is really a comic book about good guys and not about bad guys, which is what I wanted out of a TIE Fighter comic, is showing the quote-unquote bad guys, the Empire, as being at least heroes in their own minds. Um, by come issue five, you know, I, I felt like we got that. I was, I thought the art in this was great. Once you get to like issue three, four, and five, I think the story is actually really solid. The characters are fairly solid. Uh, I enjoyed this, and and I was worried that I wasn't going to at all. But I ended up come issue five. I was really digging this. Uh, well, yeah. How did you feel about the the Tie Fighter miniseries? I was pretty much along the same lines. Uh, I was you know I was kind of worried uh, by issue you know one that mm -hmm. we were going to get a sort of uh, Battlefront two esque sort of story. You know, which yeah, you get uh, the defectors. Yeah, exactly. So you know, like, and and you know, and not only do that, where they do, you know, in Battlefront Two, where they defectors, but it happened early on in yeah, the story, way too early. Right, exactly. Whereas you know, we were kind of led to believe that we were going to get an Empire-focused story for the majority of the time, but mm -hmm. yeah, by by the end of the issue, you know, they they stuck with it. Uh, yeah, and and being in the empire and, and, you know, uh, held on to that, you know, conviction. Yeah. And those tie fighter pilots thinking they are heroes against, right. uh, the, you know, the Republic or, or against, right. I'm sorry, the, uh, the, the Alliance at, at the time. Right. Well, wait, right. Yeah. Like Cause even, this takes even, place right at return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Even the one, the one character who was sort of like, you know, you know, questioning things and, and saying, you know, the, you know, maybe the rebels have some legitimate grievances you know, by the end was like, you know, we we joke about how the character uh, grandmother calls the the rebel separatist, but she's really not wrong, is she? 
Yeah, right. Yeah, that's the character of Ganim, uh, who, again, all these characters I thought, now we did end up having a defector. There was a character of Zinn who's in love with the character you were just describing. Um, and But she gets very clearly treated as she was a problem. You know, and even when the the commander of Shadow Squ- or of this this squadron of Shadowing, it's the two of fourth war, whatever. Anyway, uh, you know, he tries to like cover for her, but you know, then he just yells at the guy afterwards, saying, "No, no, no, she was wrong. It doesn't matter what she did." You know, and yeah, I was I was very very pleased with that. Um, and grandmother, of course, the character you mentioned, she was in Alphabet Squadron, and we know her ultimate demise in that. But none of these other characters, as good as they were, uh, were in Alphabet Squadron. Um, I get the sense that they're probably going to appear in one of the future books of this trilogy, uh, of the Alphabet Squadron trilogy. That that's my guess because we do get like an end story that has uh, what's her name, uh, Quell, Erica Quell mm-hmm. from from Alphabet Squadron. She is in these comic books at one point, but she's like another, just another part of Shadowing. Yeah, it's uh, just kind of like a moment in passing. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Which is um, kind of like, you know, when you think about it, kind of what you would expect with, with two stories that were probably being written at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, actually, when I was reading this, it instantly came to mind for me that Alphabet Squadron should have been a comic book. If it was a comic book, it probably would have been great because you would have seen the action more. Right. Um, and and I've, I've, I've said this for decades now, literally, that... Star Wars works better as comic books than it does novels. Um, and Star Trek, its main competitor, is the opposite truth, where I think Star Trek works better as novels and not so well as comic books. Um, but Star Wars is just so visual that, uh, yeah, I, it made me want Alphabet Squadron as a comic book instead of as what we got. Because because this series, which is, again, tied in clearly, uh, worked so much better as a comic book. It just really, really worked. Yeah. I think yeah. that's that's definitely fair. I mean, even back in the day with the um, the the Timothy Zahn, the original Thrawn trilogy, um, you had you know tie-in stuff with like again the the RPG where like you could visualize all the new ships and stuff that they were talking about, and they had mm-hmm. you know images of the characters and whatnot, and like uh, actually those books had a really strong kind of comic book vibe to them. And yeah. so, you know, you could have those as a companion with the book and it really fit well. Yeah, that's true. That That's a good point. In fact, without those, I wonder, well, we'll, we'll talk about the novels later on, but I, I agree with you. I think that's a great point to bring up. Um, yeah, so this is, I mean, I wouldn't call it the strongest miniseries that Marvel's done for Star Wars, but it certainly wasn't bad and ended up far better than I was expecting it, especially two, two issues deep. When it got to yeah. the fifth issue, I was very pleased with what I got. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. would you feel the same? Absolutely. I mean, and and the other thing that concerned me is like they seem to be doing a tie-in with the uh, the Han Solo Cadet series, which was not that great, in my yeah. opinion. And but that turned out to not really be a huge. That didn't actually end up being a detractor in this series at all. Right, and you didn't really need to know anything about that. Like, I mean, it was just a just a very tenuous connection. It, it right. wasn't anything anything serious. Yeah, uh, just one character. Right. Right. Yeah, so I, yeah, but I, I did, I liked it a lot, and I wouldn't mind if they wanted to do another miniseries with the same, well, with the characters that survived. Um, even even when they brought in, because in later, because people start dying off in this, which is nice for there to be some fucking consequences. Uh, they bring in, like, these two, you know, brand spanking new cadets, and one of them just totally fucks up. Uh, 
and I, I you know, even that was really d- quickly done, but well done characterization right. that I want to see more of. So right. if they want to do more miniseries, or if they're going to bring these characters into the Alphabet Squadron books, maybe that trilogy will get good. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, they definitely left it open for more in the future. Uh, this this series that we, if I, if I have any kind of complaints about it, is, is that it doesn't really have any kind of conclusion to it. True. Yeah. No, that that's that's true. It just just it just kind of stops. Yeah. And uh, again, I think they wanted you to go off and read the Alphabet Squadron book after it was done. But yeah, it did just kind of stop and didn't really have any tight conclusion to it. Um, yeah, so the Adventures of Shadowing, I'm sure we're going to see, uh, or I hope that we see more of that uh, in the future. So uh, if you're good, I think we can wrap up the comic book uh, segment of the show. And we can yeah, get I think into... that covers everything, doesn't it? Yeah, I think we've got it. We, we, we've licked everything that's out there, except for there is the Galaxy's oh, Edge comic. Yeah, yeah. Which did end. But uh, let's just put it that we'll, we will review that. Just like at some point, we will review the solo comics, that all, you think, know, all the different ones. Go ahead. I think Brian and I are going to do sort of like a comprehensive Galaxy Edge, you know, review at some point. Yeah. Yeah, because the Black Spire book came out as well, which I started reading that. And uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. And, yeah, I go ahead. And, 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 and it, it, you know, like I don't live very far from Disneyland. So I, at some point should probably go and check it out. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, like at some point, Brian and I will have a comprehensive review of, of galaxy ads, not just the comic books, but you know, uh, books and the attraction itself. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll cover everything here at, at, at some point though, you know, bringing it up. I mean, I, I, I get, I hear mixed things. Now they just op- was a smuggler's run or something. They just opened up some new uh, uh, ride or event at no, Galaxy's they, well, Edge today. They, they, they announced um, um, that they're going to be doing the, a new ride. The smuggler's one has been open since the beginning. And then okay. uh, uh, Galaxy's Edge in Orlando just opened. Oh, maybe that's where months, the lines are. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The months, they were a couple of months behind uh, Anaheim. Right. Yeah. But I've heard that like that it's not doing the business they were expecting at all. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and... I, it's it's all economics, in my opinion, because they they drastically raised the prices, uh, not just on the, the, the day passes, but on the monthly pass holders. And they also cut back on the number of days that the monthly pass holders could go to visit the park. Uh-huh. So I really think and, and not only that, I think um a lot of people uh, were expecting uh, Galaxy's Edge just to be so crazy and crowded, myself included, that we they decided to go. stay away. Yeah, yeah, we decided to stay away. So, and, and you know, in some ways, they might have been a victim of their own success. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and I mean, then that thing, that, that kind of thing at at, at events and, and theme parks and all that. I mean, that does occur where people are like, oh, the lines are going to be crazy, and everybody right. thinks that, so nobody actually goes. And here um, again, if, if when they're raising prices, you know, it's like person's thinking, you know, quite wisely, in my opinion, you know, you want to get the best value for your money and yeah. you don't want to go to a time when, you know, you're, you're, you know, crowded and rubbing up against a bunch of other people and, right. and just are not going to have an enjoyable experience. So I, yeah, I completely understand that viewpoint. Yeah. And, you know, just quick, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that many people, I mean, there's, there's, you know, the role-playing crowd, and I know you're, you're very familiar with this sort of thing, far more yeah. than even me. Um, I, I know there's people who can do this sort of thing, but, like, you're supposed to go into that, and you are supposed to get lost 
in the right. Star Wars universe. You are a part of the Star Wars universe. And I just don't know that many people that can really pull that off. Like that could even do that. Um, yeah. You know, like mentally, well, we a, that could play that game. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I can think of one friend that we have in common that has actually been several times. Okay. Uh, and, and uh, you know, the, and, and the funny thing is, is like you're supposed to go in and, and sort of like be a part of this universe, but they strictly forbid any kind of cosplay. Right. Right. You know, you have to do this thing that's I think they call it bounding, where you kind of like wear everyday clothes, but you kind of, you know, dress up in a way that's sort of vaguely Star Wars ish looking and you can kind of get away with it. But like this... any kind of any kind of explicit cosplay where you're wearing, a, you know, as something that's identified as a costume, that's completely forbidden in the park. That is very interesting. Yeah. Well, we'll cover this this whole thing at some point, um, and we won't bring any uh, thermal detonator uh, Coca Colas out with us either. Because I knew uh, that was going to happen from the beginning. I mean, like, you know, like it's just, it was so. The TSA I, saying, "No, you can't bring these with you." That's, yeah, I was even making jokes on Twitter about, "Hey, like, you know, people are going to walk out of the park with these hand grenade looking bottles and get shot by the <laughs> Anaheim PD because the yeah. Anaheim PD is so freaking trigger happy." Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, just about every police department in California is trigger happy. I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, and he has a, has a bad reputation in Southern California sure. as being particularly notorious for for shooting people. So, I mean, yeah, I was like if, if it was going to happen anywhere, it was going to happen there. Yeah, they really dropped the detonator. I mean, the ball on that one. <laughs> 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 they fucked that up. That, oh, yeah. that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, why don't we go ahead, why don't we get into some, uh, well, we could talk about, there was one trailer, I think, that came out well before D23, and then we could start talking about some D23 news. So, the first trailer that we got, um, and again, I think this came out before D23 even started, uh, that was the trailer for Star Wars Resistance, um, which... We also just found out that that will end after only its second season, which I, I don't know that that's necessarily a surprise. Um, maybe it was just because it was something created bef before the deal with Disney Plus, and yet they didn't want to shift everything over to Disney Plus like in season three. I don't know. Um, it does seem kind of odd that it's only ending after season two. We figured we'd at least get three or four seasons, much like Rebels or, or any other uh, Star Wars cartoon. Right. Um, but the trailer, uh, I thought, I mean, I, I thought this looked pretty good. It starts October 6th. It'll pick back up then. Um, I don't know how many episodes exactly we're supposed to get more of it. Um, but the trailer did what a lot of star Wars trailers can do is make things look very, very dark and exciting. Right. Whether or not this kid show is actually going to be dark and exciting in season two. I don't, I don't know. But, uh, one of our main critiques, I feel like kind of got, it looks like it got a response, which was where are the aces? And it looks like we're going to get, they're not going to be racing, but the aces are going to be, uh, uh, major players in season two, or at least that's what it appears. At least we heard Griff Holleran say, uh, more than two words. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, barely. <laughs> barely. <laughs> you know what? He might've actually said more words in that trailer than all, all the words he said in the first season. No, I think he did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was the character we were wanting to hear from, you know. Right. And yeah. Uh, but but I mean, I liked what I saw. I don't, you know, I'm not going to judge too much by a trailer here because, yeah, of course, 
again, they, I mean, we, and we, we encountered this with Rebels as well, where it looked like, holy shit, this season's going to be nonstop intense. And while there's plenty of intense moments in Rebels is a great series, a lot of times I think the trailers delivered a lot more hype than what its actual season would do. So I'm, you know, cautiously optimistic about uh, season two of Resistance. How about you? What are your thoughts, Rob? Yeah, I agree. I, and, and I think it's, it's probably a smart call on, on just getting the two seasons to being, uh, largely a factor. Well, probably two factors, the Disney plus issue, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, it makes sense that that's not going to, they wouldn't transition that series over to their new channel. So they probably right. want to start something brand new. Right. Uh, and not only that, I, I have a feeling that just the numbers really aren't there from season one. I don't think yeah. it's really caught on the way that they thought it would. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. I, I I imagine that it's it's just not like blowing it up in in the in the ratings. I mean, again, you know, they did those series of shorts when they did like a mid season break or whatever uh, with season one, and I mean, they didn't promote that shit at all. Those the shorts that they put on like the YouTube Kids channel or whatever, and it's almost like it was just an afterthought. It's like, well, we got it. We'll put it. We'll put it out there, and whoever gives a shit will actually see it because nobody's watching this. I mean, it, right. it, it sort of felt that way. I agree with you, but but continue. Did you have any? Any thoughts on on the trailer overall? Um, it like I said, it did. I didn't see anything that was surprising, other than one thing, and it looks like um, that more than likely uh, Kaz's father survived the uh, the destruction of the uh, the Hosnian Prime because I oh, could have sworn yeah. we saw him in there, and of course we saw Hosnian Prime get destroyed in season one, so supposedly i i get you know Kaz thought his 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 parents were dead and it looks like at least his father probably survived right right yeah that, that did was look really int- the only surprise in the trailer that i could think of yeah yeah but i mean it was very action-packed i don't know there's a lot of a lot of starfighters going around i mean that that works for me right um right. which is what yeah. you want to see in a trailer yeah absolutely um yeah so i mean are you feeling the same cautiously optimistic yeah yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not holding my breath by any means, but mm-hmm. um, you know, I think we had some theories when we did our uh, season one review that um, probably aren't going to pan out, which I thought would have been exciting. But uh, you know, it, it looks like the, from what we've seen far, so far that things are going to pro- progress in somewhat a predictable manner, which is kind of my feeling overall of resistance. Yeah, yeah, no, that that's fair. I am surprised. Uh, now, out of D twenty three, I think we did learn. Here's the funny thing: I initially thought that Clone Wars, the 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 new season of Clone Wars that's going to be on Disney Plus, that was supposed to launch on November twelfth as well. I'm pretty sure I read that in the news, but now they're saying that won't premiere until February of twenty twenty. Um, I'm kind of surprised there's no announcement of another animated show with yeah. knowing that Resistance is ending. Uh, you know, with season two. Um, cause I thought they had a couple animated ideas in the works that Filoni was working on, but I, I, right. don't, I don't know. I, I don't know I what think, the deal is with that. Yeah. I think there's probably, uh, a reason for that. And, and at least in terms of clone wars, um, you know, that, that show is such an intensive production or at least yeah. the original was, uh, in terms of, you know, production values and, uh, the amount of talent it took to, to get every episode out. So yeah. it doesn't surprise me that that was delayed, and it may be that you know they're 
you know, that definitely it feels like that resistance was kind of a step back from production values of Rebels, and Rebels mm-hmm. was even kind of a scaling back from the, the amount of money that they were spending on the Clone Wars. So yeah. I'm hoping that this is the sign that they're taking, they're gonna, they're saying, you know, this is actually hurting us in terms of the kind of return that we're getting on viewership, uh, scaling back like this. So hopefully any animated series they do in the future, it has the kind of production values, at least that we had in Rebels, if not Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah, and I, that, I agree. And that'll definitely delay any kind of plans that they have. Yeah, definitely a time-intensive form of animation if you're going right. to go to that level. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I imagine we'll get something at, at, at some point. There's certainly plenty of things coming down, down the pike. Uh, in fact, maybe something that I think has excited a lot of people, uh, even people who might not have been so hot about the prequels, um, you know, most people agree. So if we can if we want to shift to some of what was talked about at D23, we can start breaking that down. Mm-hmm. Um, most people agree with the prequels that at least one good thing out of it was Ewan McGregor's performance as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, whether right. people like those movies or not, they are definitely on board with, no, he was a great fucking Obi-Wan. Uh, and I agree with that as well. Of course, I also love those movies. But... Uh, major announcement that we got and there was some leak of it ahead of time because there was there was news going around ahead of d23 that oh yeah they are going to do an obi-wan tv show and that's exactly probably the biggest announcement to come out of d23 uh and ewan mcgregor was there standing on the stage with kathleen kennedy the whole thing um and i think production might start in 2020 if i'm not mistaken Mm -hmm. um but this is, we are getting an Obi-Wan TV show as far as how many seasons we're going to get. We don't know. Like, we know The Mandalorian now already is getting a season two because Jon Favreau's writing it. Um, you know, we don't know the, the length of any of this, but I was, I'm, I'm going to say I was pleased, you know, with the announcement. Of course, originally, or I think there, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Rob. I mean, it seemed pretty solid that they said they were going to do a Obi-Wan movie like a Star Wars story movie, but then they yeah. backpedaled off of that after well, Solo, I don't, you know, I don't think, Go ahead. Yeah, I don't think there was any, like, official word mm-hmm. on an Obi-Wan movie. There was talk of, you know, uh, certainly a lot of rumors about an sure. Obi-Wan movie. I think that some people attached to Lucasfilm said that, you know, they were considering this stuff, but uh, I don't, you know, like, I, I think most people just assumed that it was going to be a movie. Uh, I right. personally would have preferred... It to be a movie. Uh, I think. I think, you know, it, there, it's it's going to be a bit of you know a stretch to see how much the material they can get out of you know Obi Wan being on Tatooine. Uh, right. You know, we've talked about this before. How you know they they've done comic books about that, and it's it's kind of hard to see, you know, uh, how they're going to be able to do this show and not like retread on some of that same sort of you know, material that they've done before in other media uh, and without them going off of tattooing, that is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, I mean, I'm open. Uh, I think it's a good bet we're going to get off of tattooing, even though, like, here's the thing. So Bob Iger made it very clear that on Disney Plus, um, and there's been a lot of news around Disney Plus that has come out, but, um, and people have even reviewed like the the UI of it and everything and what's there. Like that's already getting demoed because that's going to launch November twelfth, which is coming up hot. 
Um, Bob Iger has said that while they might do movies on Disney Plus, they're not going to do these hundred million dollar plus productions right. on Disney Plus. So there are budgetary constraints on doing things on Disney Plus that have to make sense. Um, so I mean, maybe we could have gotten an Obi Wan movie there, but it. I don't, it, it, basically, Iger's comments make me think that everything has to has to be kind of smaller scale, yeah, uh, on Disney Plus. And right. so, I wouldn't be surprised saying that. I wouldn't be surprised if it stayed on Tatooine because that's a pretty small scale. But then at the same time, I don't know that there's any restriction in the canon that says that Obi Wan didn't leave uh, Tatooine at some point. In fact, some people right. have brought up, uh, maybe pretty accurately, that. Darth Vader's not surprised that Obi-Wan's alive and that basically there's a point where Obi-Wan must have encountered Darth Vader before A New Hope. Uh, I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Rob? Um, you know, that's certainly a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that with this, you know, now that you're talking about the terms of scale, um, I wouldn't be surprised if this turns out being sort of like a limited series as opposed to an actual television series like the mandalorian is right so maybe we'll get something like i don't know like four one hour move tv movie ask s sure you know sort of uh uh movies you know like that not yeah more of like a made for tv movie that you know like you used to do what they used to call back in the day a miniseries yeah, where it's like four to six episodes instead right, of like right. 12 to 22. Yeah, Right, exactly. and you string it all together and you end up getting something like, you know, a six to eight hour movie. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, a lot of like these, you know, now the TV shows on average seem to be like 13 episodes a pop. Those feel like, and you hear it from the actors themselves, where they, you know, in Hollywood, where they say, you know, TV's in a golden age. And basically now you just, you're, because of like Game of Thrones and serialized storytelling, you basically get to make a 13 hour movie now, you know? Uh, but yeah, something even shorter where it was like four to six episodes. I'd be all right with that too. Um, yeah. I mean, how do you feel about it? Like, I mean, did this excite you when you heard it or were you like, eh, I mean, what what did you think? Um, you, well, I kind of, yeah, I, I, it was like you said, it kind of got leaked before the actual official announcement. And I was really back and forth on it because my, like my initial reaction was, was like, you know, this is more bullshit because we've heard it all before. I mean, the Obi-Wan, you know, movie uh, rumors have been floating around literally for years now. And so, and, and not only that, you know, they put, I, they, they must've like, you know, cinched this deal in short order because uh, the word was, is that, you know, uh, Ewan McGregor didn't even have a contract when that, you know, that leak came out. So, you know, they must have, you know, put ink to the paper just right before D23. Yeah. So that was the part that kind of really surprised me was, you know, we had this leak and I was kind of like, okay, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. And, you know, I was more doubtful when I heard that, you know, know, McGregor had actually made a comment to someone that there was no contract yet. And then we come to D23 just a few days later after this rumor, and it's actually a real thing. So that was surprising in terms of how it came about that quickly. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, 
But I mean, like you're down for this. You think it's gonna? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. I mean, like I said before, I would have preferred if it was a movie. Like I mm-hmm. think it would have worked better as as a regular two hour format movie. Um, but yeah, if they turn this, if 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 it ends up being something more like a miniseries, uh, I think that would really work. Uh, where I really start having questions is if this is an ongoing series. You know, if they tried to do like. 12 episodes a year do multiple years for one i just don't see Ewan mcgregor being tied down to any project for that long i find it yeah. hard to believe. yeah i i do expect to see jimmy smith's get signed on here pretty quick um that that's sort of like the next name that i expect for yeah. him to be a bail organa because you get that hint in rogue one that, right like he knows who he needs to talk to you know right and right. Um, and he knows he's out there and all this. So I, I'm expecting that to kind of be the, the next big name. Um, I, I, I think there's places we could go with this. I mean, and I'd love to see Liam Neeson get signed on and let's have some force ghost action, you know, with Qui-Gon. Uh, we certainly get plenty that. of hints of that. Yeah, yeah that definitely get me really excited. Yeah, I think that might be the smartest move they can do is involve Qui-Gon as a character in the series. Right. Yeah. Um, and even if it was something... You know, I wouldn't mind if it was a very abstract show of Obi-Wan exploring the nature of the Force or, like, the afterlife and all this. Right. Like, just make it wild. I don't know. Go all Twin Peaks with it or some shit. Like, I, I'd be all right with that. Right. Um, yeah. And I think Star Wars needs that because something we're gonna, I think we're kind of hint, hint at later on is we, I don't know, I just, I don't feel like there's enough depth to what's going on with what Disney has done with Star Wars so far. Like, I haven't, I don't feel like I've really learned anything new. Uh, and, and I'd love a show that gives me something like, wow, this really affects the entire galaxy. Yeah. Um, you know, this would be a really good way to sideload some, uh, some more Darth Maul stuff. Like we got yeah. you know, on solo movie, because we know the two eventually have a confrontation like in rebels, but you know, Maul has been hunting Obi-Wan for, for years and years. And you don't necessarily have to have them face off against one another in this series, but you could definitely, you know, have part of, Maul's hunt for Obi-Wan be part of it. Whereas you have, oh. you know, two concurrent storylines, one about Darth Maul and another one about Obi-Wan. Oh, I think, yeah, you know, actually you raise a great point and here's a great storyline that I would run with. Bring Kira into it. Yeah. And, and and in fact, have Obi-Wan kill Kira. And boy, that'll be fucked up when he's riding around on the Millennium Falcon. You know, like, I mean, that, that in, in A New Hope, I think that would be, that would change shit big time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, because then he's still dealing with Darth Maul because Kira kind of works for Darth Maul, right? Right. Um, but but then he doesn't have to actually have the face off, even though he's still dealing with you know Maul's tendrils in the in the galaxy. Um, right. That's a, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I would love to see that. So I think there's a lot of possibilities with this. I I'm I'm on board. I think there's a lot of stories they really could tell, but. Um, well, yeah, I, I agree with you, though, overall, though, too. I, I wouldn't have minded if it was just a movie or even a trilogy. You know, that would that would have been all right. right. So um, anyway, want to move on to some other uh, news from D23? Let's do it. So the other bit of business that we got really were a couple of full on trailers that everybody was talking about. Of course, there was the poster for The Mandalorian, but I don't I don't know that that's even something to really talk about uh, because we did finally get a full on some odd two minute trailer um, for this show. And. I now this isn't correct me if I'm wrong, this isn't the trailer that got shown right 
Like no. it's not the same one. Yeah, yeah no, because that got leaked out, and I think we've both seen that. And yeah. it has elements of that, but it isn't the same exact trailer. Right, right. So in this trailer, link is in the show notes for all this stuff, folks, if you want to check it out for yourself, if you for some reason have not seen it yet. Uh I mean, but like they're already in the millions and millions of views on each of these videos. Um, but the Mandalorian trailer. I mean, you get to see Carl Weathers, great. You get to see, um, you get to see uh, 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 Gina Serrano. You got to see her uh, just for a second. I mean, this is very short stuff, very simplistic music playing through it that I think works very well. Uh, you did get to see um, what's his name at the end there. No, I can't think of his name. The older guy. I, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. 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 Him. And I like that they used. <laughs> I, I like that they used Werner Herzog to basically narrate the trailer. Yes. Yeah. And that, that's, yeah, that that's was a good call. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Um, I was, I mean, you definitely got a feel, I think for where the show is kind of going. We got to see IG 88, which I thought was one of the highlights of that. Yeah. That of was the trailer. Awesome. Cause yeah. seeing IG 88, just like blasting around and twisting was, was so right. fucking badass. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I walked away from that trailer, not like super excited, but I was like, okay, this is what, this is what I'm looking for. Like th- yeah. th- this, this yeah. felt right. Um, and I, I mean, g- give me some thoughts on it, Rob. Well, I mean, and, and, and almost to like stark contrast of what you were talking about with, with, you know, Bob Arger's comments, you know, uh, mm-hmm. about keeping the scale this small. I mean, like already, like the scale and the production values on this look way better than 90% of what's on TV right now. Yeah. Yeah. Game and Thrones included. No, you're right on that. I mean, granted, this is like, I think this is Disney Plus's like flagship proof of concept right. content, you know, that right. they, this is going to sell people. So I wouldn't be surprised if they, if Bob Iger went a little bit more money on this one. Uh, or also John Favreau, like he's really into the production side of things yeah. and is, is, is knee deep in developing new technologies to make this shit work right. uh, that they might, because I read an article, not, it was a great, go ahead. Yeah, not even just new technology, but like, you know, kind of I read the same article and it was it was a lot of it was about kind of like bringing back older technologies and bring it into the modern era. The one in like Hollywood the, Reporter there. Yeah. 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 Yep. Because like the the, the like, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but like the the, the the shots of the Mandalorian ship, that's an actual model. That's not that's CGI. Amazing. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. They they. they, they uh, the, and there was there was actually a video. I don't remember where I saw it, but um, you know they talked about you know the process they went through it. Like because they the first thing they did when they were doing concept development on this series was uh, they created what's called a maquette, which is basically yeah. a, a sort of like a primitive model. And uh, you know once people saw this and like people started saying, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we actually did like an actual like you know modeled for the show and, you know, you know, broke out some motion control equipment and that's what they actually did. Yeah. And, you know, there's, they, they added CGI elements and search, you know, in terms of like the engine glow and like, you know, obviously like the, the blaster fire and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, they, they, they brought by a whole lot of that, that stuff back. And I, uh, and from what I hear, it's really kind of reignited sort of like, you know, the interest in doing, you know, practical effects and mm-hmm. and visual effects uh, for ILM uh, because a lot of the people that kind of like have come into ILM within like just the last 20 years have all dealt with the digital realm and they kind of missed right. out 
on a lot of like you know the the practical model work and so uh, a lot of people like that came into that were wanting to do that from the beginning and yeah. now they're getting the opportunity to do it again with some of this disney plus stuff and i think that's really cool yeah, the other thing that's that Star Wars in general, I know certainly with Rogue One was pioneering was like these display screens. And I think in the Hollywood Reporter article, John Favreau was talking about those as well, where you can see what's happening. Um, it's not just blue screen. Like in right. Rogue One, if you watch the making documentary for Rogue One, you see where they're sitting in the X-Wing uh, cockpit and they can actually see like action happening around them on these screens. And I think that's solving another issue of where actors... Was it was it Christopher Lee who like broke down crying? Maybe it was during Lord of the Rings or, or maybe it was episode two where he broke down crying because he just hated acting to a blue screen. Like it, it just it, he couldn't deliver. Yeah, he felt like yeah. he couldn't deliver. Well, I remember uh, Natalie Portman had a lot of those problems too, especially sure. in episode two, especially in that sequence uh, near the end of the movie where they're on Genosha and they're going through the factory. Yeah, and, yeah. Like if you see the behind scenes stuff where she's like having to you know, duck and, and dive and all these different things with just like blue co colored sticks and stuff. And it, it is really, you know, kind of for an actor, I could see how that'd be a big letdown. Yeah. Yeah. So there's very much a renaissance of effects being done as far as this goes. So maybe they've figured out ways to keep like the cost down and all of it. Um, yeah. You know, and they've just, they've got that, they've got that licked, which isn't, so, I mean, and that's the history of star Wars, right? Because star Wars, the cameras that they'd use for a new hope, they got for like pennies on the dollar because they were an older style camera that they used with it, with a different like uh, millimeter or whatever it was. I, I forget the exact details on it, but I remember that that's how they were able partly to do that for 10 million was because they bought up all these old cameras and just used them right. consistently across production. Right. Uh, so this idea of bringing back older technology, uh, maybe even to cut cost at points, but also to make something look maybe more legit or whatever. Uh, yeah. Again, that's just part and parcel with star Wars. It's, it's, it's always innovating. Um, yeah, so Favreau, I mean, this is this is a big deal. Uh, yeah, the, the trailer, I'm trying to think of, you know, the, the IG-88 part was really huge for that. Uh, like, that 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 put it over the top for me. I thought everything looked really, really solid. I love seeing a Twi'leki woman. That was great. I'm like, oh, good, we get actual, like, characters or, or creatures from, uh, you know, from the original trilogy instead of this constant remake ship from J.J., yeah, uh, that I know was, a lot of people got excited about that character, not just because of being a Twilight, too, because of the actress as well. Do you know who the actress is? Uh, yeah, she's she's um, she plays uh, some major characters in both Harry Potter and Game of Thrones. Oh, OK. OK. All so, right, that makes, yeah, I know sure. that's kind of like outside of, you know, some of our interests. But, yeah, I, I, I know people who are really into both of those things that got yeah. really excited when they saw her. Yeah, that's funny because. Yeah, and those two franchises, those aren't me. Like, yeah, like I, I know. Yeah, they're a complete yeah. blind spot. Yeah, for me. But, the, but uh, there's there's plenty of crossover between those franchises and people who like Star Wars at all, and that's sure. that's fine. You know, like yeah, love what I you agree. love and love it unabashedly. That's that's yeah. fine. Yeah, no good for them. I think that's that's great. Uh, yeah, everything else. I mean, I think we saw Death Troopers in that. I mean, so there's yeah. there's a great collection of. Star Wars history in this, not just Disney stuff. Um, and, you know, the music that was playing during it, I don't know if that's reflective of what we're actually going to get in the show, but I liked what I heard. I mean, it was yeah, kind of stupid, it but it was cool. Yeah, same. Yeah. I agree. I do hope it is. Um, 
yeah, overall, I just, okay, here was actually what I think was the most important part of the trailer. And that is there's a point where the Mandalorian character is using the rope to bring a guy through this circular door that starts yes, closing up. Yes, And it's, it's very kind of clear. Kind of, yeah. It, it's like exactly the, the iris on the Stargate. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I was thinking about the, the iris on the, uh, the, the, um, the, the ducks in the movie Alien. Oh, yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah, good night. Yeah, right, right. Um, but it's very clear it's going to cut this guy in half. Right, uh, or cut his head off. Looks like it's yeah. going to cut his head off. Yeah. Right, right. And I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, ah, okay. And then I breathed yeah. because I was like, okay, this is for grownups now. <laughs> right. we're, we're, this is good. <laughs> I was so fucking happy about that. You well, know, not I was only like, that. I mean, like, the trailer starts off with, like, stormtrooper helmets on a pike. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Of, like that right away, kind of like just set the tone right there. And I'm like, okay, yeah, we're we're getting serious now. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be a very brutal place, and 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 we need that. There can be all the Star Wars resistance and kid stuff in all the world, all over the place. That's fine, but for one age demographic, please, you gotta please us, like just once. You know, where we're yeah, okay, this can be a bit more grown up. Um, and I think because probably because they have such control and they can set up parental controls within Disney Plus, they probably feel like they can get away with that with investors saying that, yeah, we can keep this away from kids if we need to, right. uh, or at least make sure the parents are fucking there. Yeah. Uh, but so, it, but I completely agree with you. I mean, this is this is definitely like the kind of fan service that we need yes. as to opposed to maybe some other kind of fan service that we're going to talk about later on. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so anyway, any other thoughts you want to share on The Mandalorian? I mean, I'm certainly excited. Uh, yeah, me too. I, yeah, yeah, I felt good after seeing that trailer. So anything else on that? Yeah, no, I like, I mean, like I said, I, 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 we, I got to see the leaked footage from, um, uh, what was it, Celebration or something. And I was oh, already, that's, excited. Yeah. I was that's already no- excited from that. And, yeah, it was uh, at Celebration. This is, this is, this is basically continuing to meet my expectations is what I yeah. would say. And, yeah, you know, yeah. so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to this. Yeah. Same here. Same here. So, uh, this could be the thing that really does save star Wars because I think a lot of people are really falling away right now, especially, uh, for a lot of reasons. But, um, anyway, uh, yeah, let's, why don't we go ahead and get into the other bit of, uh, uh well, it's not really a trailer. It's kind of a quasi trailer, yeah. For episode nine, um, this definitely got a lot of people talking, maybe more so even than The Mandalorian. Um, right. And it starts off, it's about two minutes long. The first half of it is basically a rehash montage. of yeah montage of the history of Star Wars, you know, with yeah. the in-universe. Uh, you do have Mark Hamill or, you know, Luke Skywalker starting to say, we taught you all you know, or, you know, we taught you everything we know uh, from the actual episode nine uh, teaser trailer. And then it goes into some very, very new footage. Uh, I mean, we and, and there's one point that everybody was kind of talking about, but certainly uh, you get a lot of action to this. You get some some different uh, Ray lightsaber action with her blue lightsaber. You get to see her fighting Kylo Ren on what some people are theorizing is the Death Star 2. Um, yeah, well, I think that's fairly certain because, I mean, you could see one of the gun turrets right. in the background from, right. from the Death Star. So, yeah. It, if, if it's not the Death Star 2, it's at least a Death Star. Yeah, yeah, which was really cool. Uh, get some more of Leia, uh, just briefly, but you do get some more of that. 
Um, but I mean, we might as well get to it. The big thing that everybody was talking about is that at the very end of this clip is what is being known as, or what is known as hashtag dark Ray. Yeah. Uh, and you are getting a, it is, you know, Daisy Ridley in a cloak, black cloak, you know, looking very much like uh, Anakin Skywalker at the end of episode three, after he's become Darth Vader before he's a robot though. Uh, and she has a, she's holding, looks like she's holding like a, like a, a lightsaber, uh, a fork or skewer, uh, that's red bladed, but then it folds down into a double bladed lightsaber. And, everybody's talking about this and i mean it just went wild on twitter even i shared about it uh i thought that well anyway there's some very sexy comments that were made that i enjoyed from other ladies but uh <laughs> about it <laughs> there's this one uh female author i know she she wrote she said it was shared the picture of dark ray and I'll, i mean i'll just say it she said something like uh dark ray or yeah dark ray told me to get on my or called me a slut and told me to get on my knees and yeah, get, get on, on all, all fours four. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and as long as it's, you know, a gal saying it, great. You know, right on. <laughs> so hot. Uh, anyway, sorry. Even, even the replies to that were pretty good because he had some other woman saying, yes, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which, you know, I, I mean, I, I love it. And, and I mean, first off, I'll say this. Um, I and, and I'm sure, you know, this is a degree of fan service because J.J. Yeah. had to have heard a lot of people wanted Ray to turn to the dark side or well, at I least mean, they were expecting it. Yeah. There was, uh, there ahead. was that piece of uh, really, really popular fan art that came out, I think shortly after the force awakens, or it might've been just before uh, the last Jedi where it kind of like, it showed a dark Ray and a light Kylo Ren. Yeah. And she basically like looked exactly like she did in this trailer. Yeah. So, I mean, it is clearly fan service. Yeah, yeah. Now, admittedly, I mean, as much as people asked or expected or wanted it, whatever, um, you know, people instantly came up and said, well, this is just some vision. Like, it's not actually a moment in that, like, Ray's not actually going to turn to the dark side. Right. Um, I, I'll i admit, I think that's, and, and I want your gauge, but I mean, that's probably likely. Yeah. As much as I wish it were the opposite, right. as much as I want it to be absolutely fucking real and it could end with her just like off and everybody, that'd be fine. But, um, but yeah, it's probably a vision. I mean, tell me, give, give me your take, Rob. Yeah. I mean, like the only glimmer of hope was, is apparently the, somebody got a quote from Daisy Ridley and she said yeah. she was surprised that they put that in the trailer. So maybe there's more to it than people think, you know, mm -hmm. we can only hope. But here again, yes, it's more than likely this is Ray's, you know, uh, dark side cave moment. Yeah, this is her moment on Dagobah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, sadly, and I say that, sadly, I think that's what it is. I really wish it would be more. Um, people got to remember, though, you know, like the Last Jedi trailer, the main trailer for The Last Jedi, uh, made it look like Ray was taking Kylo Ren's hand at the end of the right. trailer and was going to join the dark side. So, I mean, teasing this shit at the end of a trailer is, I mean, now that's just like what they do. Right. Uh, and, and that's kind of annoying, but at the same time, it was pretty hot to see it. I mean, like I, 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 even if it is a vision, I dig it. At least we get to see something of it. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, I even kind of felt like it looked like they were CGIing a bit over the left side of her face where it looked kind of blurry. And I wondered if maybe like in the actual movie, when we see it, um, 
that maybe like there's like half of her face is Ray and half of the face is something else when it's actually in this vision. But I mean, I'm just tossing that out there. Yeah, I know. Uh, I didn't yeah. really notice that myself, but uh, yeah. I'll take your word on it. Yeah, I, just a thing. But anyway, I mean, what did you think about uh, about all of this 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 little? Uh, well, I mean, we'll call it a trailer that we got I, a reveal. Well, just one more note. I mean, I have to say that that lightsaber is totally ridiculous. I'm sorry. Oh, where it's like two going yeah. up the, the skewer. Yeah, the, yeah. The, Swiss, the, the Swiss Army or the scissor <laughs> saber or whatever you want to call it. I mean, yeah. I, the, the thing I love most is how quick some of these people with some After Effects skills are coming up with memes, like right after the trailer hits. <laughs> and I'm seeing a GIF on Twitter and Ray's, it's literally the Swiss Army sailor, uh, uh, saber where she, you know, she pops it out and there's like a saw. <laughs> And some yeah. scissors and a comb or something. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's oh, great. Yeah. I mean, they did it with Kylo Ren too, right? Where right, right, he, yeah. With Force Awakens, and like I remember one where where it's him holding the lightsaber, go pointing down, and it's a menorah that comes out. Yes, of it. I was thinking <laughs> the same thing. Yeah, yeah, the menorah. <laughs> so <great>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, I mean, that's that's fair, and I mean, I mean, and I agree, it is ridiculous. Go ahead. Yeah, it's it's a totally impractical weapon, like being held in the position that you initially see it. I mean, like there's just mm-hmm. there's there's no way that's going to work as a, as an actual weapon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. But I mean, what else did you think about it? I mean, what, what, you know, what were your takeaways? Um, like I said, that that was really like the biggest take. I mean, really, that was really the only thing to talk about. Um, yeah. Because the stuff that we've seen, the the other stuff we can see in the trailer is kind of stuff that we've seen in the previous trailer, just from like a different angle. Yeah. It is yeah, nice I mean, to see the whole Resistance era gang together. Yes. That's nice. Uh, yep. In fact, it looks like they're going to have more than one adventure. I will. Uh, what I guess one other thing that's worthy of comment is is the um, the oh. Star Destroyers. Yeah, you, as soon as you said it, it clicked. Yeah, yeah. in the yeah, lightning, yeah. that right. was nuts. That was yeah. like whoa. I mean, that was that was that was really impressive looking. Although, like, I am like I'm already trying to like you know logic this out in my head, and it's just it's not working. Like you know how the Emperor kept that a secret. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unless they're first order ships, some like yeah, but they were they were they were like early Imperial era star destroyers. I mean, oh, like okay. you could okay. tell because of the uh, the um, the radar on the the tower, uh, because uh, in the New Hope they had it in the up position where it kind of looks like an X mm-hmm. with with two bars across the top of it. Yeah. Uh, and then later on, the Emperor Strikes Back, they kind of flipped it down. And that's supposed to be like how you differentiate uh, an Imperial Class 1 Star Destroyer from an Imperial Class 2 Star Destroyer. So these are okay. early era Imperial Star Destroyers that, you know, we have to assume that Palpatine hid away somehow and kept a secret. I'm just like, how how do you keep something that big a secret, though? Like... You know, they did something similar in the Thrawn trilogy with the uh, the Dark Fleet, the Dark Force Fleet. Yeah. But the only reason that worked was because they had them um, slaved the hyperdrives, uh, slaved rig tied all into one computer, and they all jumped off into into some unknown place in hyperspace all at once by accident. Whereas yeah. this is a very intentional, like sort of like fleet that they've tried to hide. Yeah, I a part of me wonders if, I mean, so yeah, yeah, and like in Dark Empire, you had where there was that giant fleet that was hid like in the inner inner core 
of the galaxy. Um, right, yeah. Like near yes. Bis. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were like that Eclipse class Star Destroyer that was just a fucking monstrous, you know, black thing. Um, yeah. But, I mean, the one place you could hide it maybe would be like the Maw. Uh, and I wonder if they're... I mean, it'd be cool if they brought that in because we got to see it in Solo. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I agree with you. I the mean, logistics of this is odd. Yeah. Well, like the locate, the hiding it in a location isn't the problem for me. It's just like, how do you keep, like, mm. it took a lot of manpower to put all those ships there. Yeah. And how do you keep a conspiracy that big secret from, yeah, the, you know, just, just the internal empire itself and from all the admirals and the generals? And the rank and file, and the politicians—that that's a huge, pretty hard secret to keep. Yeah, yeah. That, well, I'll be curious to see what like their origin story is. Where the hell all the or you know where all these come from? But it was an awesome shot. You're yeah. totally right. That, oh yeah, that sh- yeah, that shot and the dark ray. I mean, those are the two takeaways. I agree with you. Um, overall, I mean, seeing Ray like tossing a lightsaber around and cutting up a bunch of trees was kind of cool, but you know. Uh, wasn't the the biggest thing yeah um, yeah yeah and you got so, to see a training boat which you know i mean here again another callback to the original trilogy yeah yeah and we did get more of palpatine's voice in that right he's saying journey like he says like yeah, your journey yeah yeah your 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 destiny or your journey is coming to an end yeah yeah um yeah, I get the sense that if they do a full-on trailer, it's probably going to reveal a lot. Uh, like, and and maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe they can't do like a really slick. I mean, I'm sure they can pull one off, but maybe they can't do a really slick trailer that isn't too much of a lie uh, because it, it would be so easy to reveal so much with whatever you know is in this movie. I don't know. Yeah, um, I think I think really like the only thing they absolutely have to do in a final trailer is we have to see Palpatine. Yeah. What? If it's just a glimpse, we have to see him. So far yeah, we've I, only heard him. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I, and I'm you know, sadly I'm I'm half expecting him to be like crawling around like Smeagol in like the, the throne room on the Death Star too, you know. <laughs> That's half what I'm expecting. I because I, I I just don't know what the, what they're gonna do with this. Yeah. Uh but Anyway, yeah. Well, yeah, that I, that would that would be such a huge disservice. I can't imagine them doing that because I mean, you know, if you're setting him up to be like the big baddie of yeah. the entire, you know, saga. Yeah. Episodes 1 through 9. Right. Then you can't do that. Yeah, you got to give us something more threatening. Yeah. 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 Because that's kind of what they did with you... Maul when they brought Maul back. Yeah. He's just like crawling around like Smeagol. Anyway, go ahead. Did you see the poster? For episode nine? Yeah. There was a poster that they came out with that showed uh, 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 Ray and Kylo fighting and Palpatine's kind of looking over them. Oh, I did see that. Yes. Yeah. 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 And the thing I wanted to bring up is like somebody did like a 1985 rendition of that poster and it Mm -hmm. looked so great. Yeah. 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 I saw that too, actually. Yes. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, does, does seeing this, uh, new footage does does any of it like i mean clearly we saw cool things a couple cool things in it but does any of it like raise your bar of uh you know or like is your ex are you expecting this to be better than you did bef- previously i mean what you know how do you walk mm. away from it i'm i'm still managing my expectations on this so sure. no not really mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. 
like I said, I see the whole Dark Ray thing as being 99.9% fan service. Yeah. I was almost yeah. expecting that. Yeah. I mean, basically, like I said, they did, they, they just took that, that piece of concept fan art that was floating around and just, you know, went, okay, how can we dial this up to 11? Well, let's give her a new lightsaber. Right. Right. And yeah. so that's, that's what that is. And like I said, the other, the other thing with the, with, with, with the, the, the star destroyer fleet, that's cool. But I mean, that's not really enough to sort of like, you know, really push up my active stations that much more. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I will say though, I, I kind of hope that, I mean, cause you know, these force visions, there's no time limit on those. They don't have to only go for 30 seconds. Like, fuck, you know, go 10 minutes in the film as, as a force vision. I think that'd be awesome. So if they wanted to spend some quality time, you know, with, with this dark ray thing, uh, I think there's a way they could do it, even if it is a vision and could still deliver much of what I want out of it. You know, like that, that'd be awesome yeah. if, if there was I mean, a I vision of, go ahead. I think that would be great. I don't really see it happening. Mm-hmm. I think that would really work well with the Obi-Wan series. If maybe you did like a 10, 15 minute force vision sequence yeah. in that series that would be the perfect place to do that yeah yeah well we'll see um so, i mean same i'm keeping my expect- expectations a little tempered uh but you know i definitely loved getting to see dark ray in some kind of official capacity that was really right. really nice uh and i i think they knew that they had to do something to appease last jedi or you know some of the expectations for the last jedi and i think that that's what they're very much working on with this um all right well do you want to you want to shift gears get into another segment yeah yeah so let's get into our fan production of the month which i mean could have just as well been that picture that you mentioned rob uh of where it was a dark ray and a light kylo um but what we have here is a fan film, uh, you know, something that we always enjoy, or as I often like to call them, just independent productions or indie films, because some of them are so goddamn good uh, that, you know, it's almost an insult to just call them a fan film. Um, this one clocks in at about nine minutes, not one of the longest things in the world, but it's called The Lost Patrol. It's by Rogue Shark Pictures from 2018. One of the more recent ones that I've uh, I, I, I come to enjoy and it's pretty simple fare, as in it's a, you know, it's an X-Wing patrol taking on some TIE fighters. Uh, there's Y-Wings there as well, but they're taking on some TIE fighters and doing the business. Um, I personally, as simple as this is, as simple a concept as it is, uh, the effects look, I mean, they're serviceable. They work. Yeah. Uh, the cockpits look great, which was uh, a nice touch. I mean, you only had to build one and you could use it for a bunch of different people. Um, I, I liked it. I thought it was just a fun, you know, nine minutes of, you know, some some starfighter action uh, that I thought really, really worked. And I also appreciated it because and if, if someone if you're like me, who's been watching fan films for a very long time uh, since like the 90s, you know, where they could even become a thing, uh, the they weren't always known for being very diverse. And you have an Asian character, a black female character multiple female characters in this an older guy i mean i even want to give credit to that uh an overweight guy like porkins you know uh i i mean i just i thought i thought this was this worked it was just a nice representation and just fun uh yeah. i mean what, what did you think about the lost patrol rob yeah i mean like i said it was it's pretty simple fare it's very light on story sure so it's not something like some of the past fan films 
that we've reviewed where it's very heavy on the story. Mm-hmm. Um, what this felt like to me and what I think it was is more of like uh, a demo reel for chance for yeah, right. people to show off their talents. Yeah. And, and does that very well, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, you even get a mention of Commander Skywalker, which I thought was right. cool. Uh, you know, that was a nice touch. Um, yeah. I mean, it, sure. It, I can see that where it felt like a demo reel, uh, but it, it was just. It was very, very nicely done, and it was. I th- I feel like the casting in it and the presentation in it overall was very intentional, and I just I appreciated that because yeah. uh, I mean I'll I'll just say it like I, I believe me most Star Wars fan films. I mean it's it's getting better now, but it used to be. I mean it was just a bunch of I'll just say it just a bunch of white boys, you know. And and right. I don't mean to take anything away from their work necessarily, but it's just. It's just nice to see this, you know. I, I mean, you, you can't imagine the conversations I had back in the day, uh, or a lot of us had back in the day, where it's like, boy, can we get more women in Star Wars, you know? And so, you know, and we've applauded Disney for doing that. And I, you know, I applaud this fan film for doing the same thing along with much else, or, yeah, you know, much more. And, mm-hmm. I, and, I, and, I don't, and, and don't misunderstand me, I don't use the term demo reel in a derogatory sense at all. Right. I mean, you know, some some great demo reels have been done, you know. I remember back in college just seeing like just stuff that would blow me away and it would kind of inspire us to like, you know, try and do even better. So uh, and and I hope this kind of serves that purpose as inspiration for other people to kind of up their game with their fan films. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And I mean, it it did show, I think, that you can do very realistic, very good looking. I mean, like when the Y-Wings are spinning around, you know, doing their flips and all that. Uh, I thought that was well done. I, I liked that yeah, a lot. Yeah. Um, well, I, I thought and, those, and go ahead. The other thing I noticed too is, and, and other people in the comments noticed this as well is, is, you know, they did their homework with this and, uh, you know, this is something that George Lucas did and that really worked for, you know, uh, episode four, the first star Wars is, is that, uh, he actually took inspiration from, uh, world war two, uh, fighter plane footage Right. And, you know, matched movements of the X-Wings to, uh, you know, what the fighter planes were doing in World War II footage. And these people did the same thing. And it really works. I mean, that is very much in the Star Wars ethos. And it just it looks and feels the way uh, a starfighter battle should look in the Star yeah. Wars universe. Yeah, so this can be done, right? An excellent, like, like proof of concept and a well-executed and beautiful proof right. of concept, I think. Uh, yeah, so link is in the show notes for this uh, to catch it on YouTube. Uh, for those that want to, I definitely recommend it. Again, it's, you know, nine minutes, very simple, but it's fun. Um, and doesn't get in the way of any canon, really. That's another thing that fan films sometimes do. Uh, and I appreciate it when they try to steer clear of that. Right. So, or, you know, like, play well within it, I should say. Um. All right, so shall we get to our question of the month then? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, in fact, I'm going to open this up with an email that we got into uh, into Zomia One, uh, of course, the network that TFR is on. And I'll read it here uh, because it kind of leads into the that I have for this month. So the email goes like this, quote, So I've been looking for a podcast to listen to, and I have come across you just recently. I cannot stop listening. Your words stay interesting and entertaining. I wanted to show some thanks for keeping it real and telling it how it should be. 
A lot of my favorite episodes are your Star Wars ones. Listening to y'all makes me want to know more because I get lost a little when you go through some topics. Uh, because of that, I just started reading the books, which I realize is going to be a lengthy uh, process. <laughs> I mainly want to say thanks for what you do. Your shows are great, and I am trying to catch up to your new episodes. And can't thank you enough for that, and I'm sure, Rob, you feel the same yeah, way. I mean, I can't tell you how much I appreciate this. Uh, it, it For me... I got to hear this, you know, when you talked about it on uh, a Q and A. Yes, and uh, it really kind of hit at the right moment because I've been kind of having a rough month, and sure. uh, this was this was this was the pickup that I need, and 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 really, I just I want to thank everybody who listens to this. Um, I have we have some other listeners that kind of help me out with the with the terrible situation that I'm dealing with right now, and I can't thank you guys enough. Um, I. I I really, I just, I, I don't know how to say it other than, than, than thank you. Thank you for being there for, for, for me and for us and for, for appreciating this show the way you do. Um, you know, like I, I almost debated, you know, not, not doing this, uh, an episode with Brian this month. And, uh, after hearing that, you know, him read that email, uh, it kind of, you know, gave me, the, uh, the you know the the confidence and and the desire to to keep on doing it. So thank you, listener. I I, I really appreciate those comments. Yeah, yeah. We don't always. I mean, we've gotten feedback on this particular show on Tie Fighter Renegades in the past. Uh, we don't always get that. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I, I share all sentiments uh, that Rob just shared. Um, and it, yeah, it's it's always it's always great to you know to hear that, uh, especially because like. You know, sometimes, like with 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 some of the things that that I do, um, you know, I mean, I know there's demand for a Star Wars show, but I don't always like you know hear it and and like hear from people like yeah, and all we love it when you talk about Star Wars because I can be kind of a a Debbie Downer as they say uh, when it comes to entertainment and and you know and 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 Rob just like pours it on when he comes on this show, and uh, so yeah, it is really great to get that and yeah. So uh, I really appreciate that email. Um, something within that email. Uh, did you do you have more you wanted to share on that, Rob? No, no. Like I said, just just thank you both both to the to the emailer and just to to everybody in our audience in general. Yeah. And 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 thank you to everybody that you know you know helped me out uh, when I needed it. Um, I just I can't tell you how much it means to me. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. To all the listeners, I mean, you, you've been there for Rob. I know that uh, you've been there for me in the past as well. Uh, and I just, you know, we, we we can't thank all of you enough. You're just you're the best people in the world, and you really are. Um, so I do feel this be kind of funny, but I do feel kind of bad that I inspired this person <laughs> to start reading books, <laughs> to start reading Star Wars books. Uh, uh, no, I, I mean, th that's great. If you want to learn more about it and you want to follow along, like, that's that's dynamite. Um, I was saying to Rob, actually, before we started recording, it's like, holy shit, you know, I want to read, like, some books kind of, I mean, reading Star Wars, okay, so it's it's kind of funny. Like, I'll say this to Ellen sometimes. It's like, oh, God, I have to read another Star Wars book, or oh, I have to read, <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, you know, sorry, sweetheart, I have to, I have to read some, uh, some Star Trek comics before tomorrow. And she'll just look at me like, oh, gee, what a terrible job, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got, how torturous of you. You have to read Star Trek comics. Oh, shit. You know, or you have to listen to a Star Trek book. 
<laughs> it's always she's 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 the best. She's hilarious. Uh, but it's, anyway, um, but really, like, there's so much of this out there, and 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 the the emailer recognized that, but like, it's going to be a lengthy process. Yeah, there's so yeah. much. I mean, and for me to keep on top of it all, with I mean, and I, and right now, and you know. Uh, pulling the curtain back a little bit, Rob and I have talked about doing shows for other franchises, not just Star Trek and Star Wars. Um, but, you know, right now, the main two that I can really keep track of is Star Trek and Star Wars. But it is like, it's like there's a new book all the time or a new comic book, and it's fucking hard, you know? Yeah, and I, it is. And I, I know, I've, you know I've even, go ahead. I even said, I like, I've even told Brian, you know, when we talk about this show for her, beforehand, like, there, there are some books that I just, I won't read. And Brian will do it. And I'm like, I'd be like, brother, you're taking one for the team. You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's there's one book in particular where you're talking about. And I'm like, yeah, man, like, you know, reading that must have been like self-inflicted brain damage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, that's uh, that would be Phasma, uh, which, oh, boy. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> You know, I mean, I, I'm glad. I, and I know I've inspired other people over time. And I've read those emails where people have contacted me. Uh, actually, I did them like for Q&As before I even had a Star Wars show where they're saying, OK, I want to get into reading Star Wars books. Where do I start? Uh, you know, and so on. And so I know that this happens. And, I, and I'm glad overall because uh, I like to be able to connect with people over these things, you know. Uh, so I appreciate that. But, man, yeah, you are in for some of these, especially some of the stuff that Disney's done is pretty rough not to say that star wars content in the past you know like in the, in the 90s and so on wasn't rough either uh but some of this stuff's you're you're in for your, your patience will be tested yeah just put it that way right. okay um and and yeah i mean it, it does because admittedly like keeping up with it because i do these shows and because i just like to know like i just have to have the knowledge you know it, it's a drive in me um it can keep me from getting to the stuff I actually really want to read or really want to experience. Like I'm so far behind, like with comic books and behind on Conan and Power Rangers, like there's ones I really want to read that I, I can't keep up with because there's just so much damn Star Trek and Star Wars. But anyway, all of that said, it did make me think of a time where in the nineties, it was actually fairly easy to keep up with a lot of that because everything felt very limited. Like you would do little trilogy series of books. There wasn't a book every month at all for star Wars. There wasn't an ongoing comic book series by Marvel because dark horse was doing it at the time and they were doing great star Wars comics, but they were very limited runs uh, that could easily be consumed in a graphic novel format or something along those lines. Uh, so it was kind of easier at first in the nineties to keep track and right. to keep up with all that. And that's a pace that because I started that at a very young age, I was able to keep up with. And I've basically read everything Star Wars, basically. I mean, there, I'm sure there's things I've missed. Uh, but that's only because I started back then. I cannot imagine trying to fucking... I mean, even just the, the New Jedi Order series alone from the old EU was some odd 20 books uh, that you would have to consume. I mean, and that's just that's nuts. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> and so that said, it got me thinking... And this is kind of my question of the month, um, which, you know, was the old, were the old, and this is just for the novels, um, though actually knowing about the comics would be an interesting question as well. But with the old, you know, do you, is, do you think, is there any measurable way in which the old EU novels are, do you think they're better than, than the new canon novels in any way? I mean, there's far less new canon novels than there are old EU novels, so certainly you have a larger pool to choose from. 
But I mean, do you feel because you? I mean, you used to read the old EU novels. Yeah. Like, up to do you a have point. a different? Sure. Do you have a different feeling of reading those than you do, say, of the new EU novels? Oh, absolutely. I think I think uh, the old EU had a much larger scope than uh-huh. uh, the current books do. Um, I think they were able to basically have you know, more galaxy-wide, impactful, you know, events. And and this this was where actually, you know, like, everything did matter. You know, whereas, you yeah. know, a lot of the... And, and, and it is difficult to compare because we didn't have movies back then. So they didn't have to worry about tying movies in with books and comic mm-hmm. books and whatnot. So in a way, that is kind of unfair to, to compare the two. But at the same time... Yeah, they. I feel like they were able to do more, whereas the current uh, canon of books, I feel like they're they're restrained a little bit in as to what kind of stories they can tell and how much you know their storylines can impact the greater Star Wars universe. Yeah, yeah, I think you're hitting at at kind of what, what I'm what I'm feeling with this too, and is kind of the inspiration of the question, like. You know, just with the first, when Star Wars novels came back with Heir to the Empire, was that 91? Um, yeah, it was around that, there. Yeah, early Something 90s. like that. Yeah. yeah. We got exactly what everybody wanted, say, out of The Last Jedi. We got Luke Skywalker swinging his fucking lightsaber around, you know, and, and doing the business. Um, we haven't, I mean, there's books, like, what is it, not, uh, well, I mean, there's Heir to the Jedi, uh, and there's a couple others, but we really haven't really gotten, or we haven't gotten a post Return of the Jedi, Luke Skywalker kicking ass. Not really, I don't no. think. Um, not in any like like deep way, and where he's like really saving the entire galaxy, like saving the entire fucking galaxy, which we got eventually with the old EU. You were getting almost once a month, right? You know, uh, and so yeah, that you you hit it that. It feel these books don't feel like they are impacting the galaxy the same way the old EU books did, where it was like a galaxy wide event all the time. I mean, even something like uh, True Back Cura, uh, which is right after Return of the Jedi, had to do with the right. Sister Ruvi or whatever. Uh, you know, they they were like the new enemy that had to be taken care of, um, and it was galaxy wide. You know. Uh, yeah, I it just the scale's not there, and it's a great point to bring up that that these books, the new books, have to they have to keep in line with the movies, right? You know, that's a great point to bring up. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just I feel like more was on the line with the old EU books and the new canon. As good as some of these books are, they just don't have the same level of excitement. And okay, here we go. I'm diving into Star Wars. You know, I mean, right. do, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it it basically comes to like you know back in the the EU days, you know, you actually had you know different levels of canon. You know, you had right. G canon, C canon, all these different things, and basically, like once you knew the scope of the playground that you had to play in, these authors had could do anything. That now there's a lot more restrictions on what these authors can do. It feels mm-hmm. like well, I, undoubtedly there are more restrictions, and like yeah. so, I mean. I, to a certain degree, I think it's it's unfair to compare the two, but at the same time, I do long for those EU days when we got those kind of stories that had a bigger impact and, you know, had events that were longer lasting 
and had you know you know more meaning on the novels that were to come in the future whereas a lot of the books now really really do feel self-contained yeah yeah no you're right they, they do feel self-contained and they feel safe they they overall feel safe even right. though i know sometimes something major will happen but continually this rule that i have been noticing since 2013 basically is still holding true that each book maybe in the last chapter of the book will give you some nugget of something that matters to the to you know to the broader galaxy right and but that's all you get you know right. as, it's just a nugget and and here again it's it's something that's kind of left open enough that where if they need to do away with that or reinterpret it in another way that makes it less impactful or relevant it's easily done yeah 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 so i yeah you raise a great point that it's unfair to kind of compare them but at the same time like the feeling is just not it's just not the same no. you know uh and i mean and it got to the point with the old eu where i was because i was trying to read everything that it's like okay this is just too much i, I can't you know kind of yeah. like i was saying earlier i can't keep up with this uh but at the same time it was still always fairly you know pretty it was, it was you knew where you were going into and it was exciting uh when you got there and yeah. and i just i don't know that i feel that that same excitement and maybe it's because the books aren't all featuring you know han leia and luke uh right. but yeah it does it and doesn't feel the same go ahead and, and who knows, maybe after we finally completed, you know, the Skywalker saga, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that things will open up a little bit more. Yeah, I do hope the gloves come off after episode nine, because yeah. then there shouldn't be any more secrets. So we know what's going to happen. You got your big movie out. Well, anyway, I think we can wrap this one up. Plenty of news covered, plenty of trailers covered. All links are in the show notes for all this. I will end it off with, as we always do in every episode of TIE Fighter Renegade, sometimes we start it off this way. But Rob, how are you feeling about Star Wars right now, baby? Uh, you know, with the with the Mandalorian and the Clone Wars, I'm feeling really good. Uh, I, I'm excited for what's to come. Um, you know, I, I'm even like I said with, with everything that we talked about with with the potential of the Obi Wan series. I think there's there's a lot of the good that can come from that. Uh, still, you know, holding back on expectations for Episode Nine, but uh, you know, willing to be surprised. Yeah, yeah, I I will second all of that uh, all the way. Disney Plus is basically the thing that has me excited um, for Star Wars right now. Episode nine, yeah, seeing some interesting things, but we'll just have to see it when it comes out to know. <laughs> is that everything? Something that you thought you would say? <laughs> I know, I, you know, like <laughs> Disney has got. You know, I'll just say it quick. Like the Last Jedi fucking changed everything and not in a good way like because now all expectations are tempered like yeah you know like there is no such thing as and i never felt this way with the prequels there's no no such real thing as like just unabashed excitement for something star wars anymore right, because right. you know they can fuck it up really really hard or even yeah. if they're not fucking it up they can do what isn't what's being asked for yeah. so anyway I mean, but yeah and it's, it's just it's so weird because of all the other news that's come out of D23 with all these different Marvel shows that they're going to be doing, which I am not excited about at all. Yes. Period. Yeah. You know, if anything, they dampen my excitement for Disney Plus as a Agreed. service. Agreed. But yeah, I, I'm still really excited about Clone Wars and Mandalorian. So that's that's 
that's really i mean they've already got me they don't they don't have to do anything else at this point they they they've got they've got my money (laughs) yeah yeah no same here same here and and the obi-wan series and even the cassian uh andor series i'm i'm there like sounds great let's do it you know um so anyway, all right, well, that is it. We are feeling good about Star Wars at the end of August 2019, so I guess D23 did something. And uh, But we'll wrap up TIE Fighter Renegades. Rob, is always, just the best time, uh, and we will see all of you woo, on the other side.